Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey everyone, Katie and I just wanted to pop on here quick and first off just say thank you so much for supporting us and listening to us. If you're listening on Spotify, please make sure that you're following us. You can do that by going to our show page and hitting the green follow button. That way our new episodes will always show up on your homepage so you never miss a new episode. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you're subscribed over there and while you're there, leave us a rating and review. And you can also check out all of our episodes on our YouTube channel and you can also catch our exclusive video only pre show there. Make sure that you're subscribed to that channel and that you hit the notification bell so you get notified whenever new episodes go up every single week. Thank you guys again so much for supporting Popcorn Chats and Katie and I. We appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. Buckle up because it's gonna be (laughs) a long ride. It's gonna be a wild ride. (laughs) No one cares but we're gonna tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chats. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Chats. I'm McKay. And I'm Katie. And it has been a hot minute since we recorded. I mean, it's the same exact time for you every single Monday. You know how it goes. But for us, it's been a long time. It's March. It's a new month. Ah, Well, it's not March yet, but it will be March. It's Pisces season, motherfucker! It's my time. It's my time. Swim, little fishy, in the sea. It's Katie's birthday month. In case you couldn't tell from that little display there. Very exciting. Since it's March, it's also International Women's Month. So we got a jam-packed month full of women content. And we're super excited. Hell yeah, bitch. So today we're just going to be talking about some of our favorite women in the film and television industry from on screen, off screen, both. A lot of women do both because you kind of have to if you want to be in this industry. Men can kind of skate by with doing the bare minimum. (laughs) Oh, bitch. No, women got to pick it up. So anyways, first off, though, before we jump in, Katie, how are you? I'm good. Uh, Feeling... Yeah, just good. Um, It actually has been a long time since we did a catch up because on Fifty Shades, that was like early February. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guys, I am in the running for a dream job. So please manifest that I get it. I'm mm-hmm. just anxiously awaiting to hear back. Also, I have a film coming out on Saturday, March 6th. Be prepared. It's $10 to rent. It's called Know About Us. Um, It is a dance film. It's super sick. If you're into dance, if you're not into dance, watch it because it's going to be dope as hell. $10 to rent, $20 to own and buy and have forever. And you can be like, I bought Katie Healy's one of her first films. And it goes to an amazing organization started by my friend Kyra Johnson She started KLJ Movement, which is a dance company that is working to uplift and empower BIPOC dancers in the Madison area. It's like a space for people of color and dancers who are not always celebrated in the dance community. I'm not part of the dance community, so I don't know too much about it, but I think just like most um, institutions people of color are not always celebrated. So Mm -hmm. it's 
an incredible cause and organization and they're trying to get a permanent space in Madison to start doing classes for people. I really believe in it and Kyra is like the dopest person and I loved filming her and all of these really talented dancers. So please run to it. You can follow KL Jam on Facebook and Instagram and all that and there's links to rent or purchase the film on Vimeo March 6th mm-hmm. and you'll be able to the fundraiser will be running all of March because it's Women's Month beach and yeah it's great so please 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 do it for me do it for the youths of Madison <laughs> the youths <laughs> do it for Kyra how are you I'm good Again, like, I feel like we're both kind of positive today. I'm a little loopy, but uh, one of the main reasons why we it's been so long since we recorded was because the week that we, like, would have normally been recording, a book that I've been waiting for for a long-ass time came out. And I was like, Katie, as soon as I have this book in my hands, I literally will not be able to record. Mm-hmm. So I got... It's right here. It's freaking huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a giant book. It's like almost 800 pages for people who can't, who aren't, who are listening. It's A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss. And this came out the other week. So as soon as I got this, I had to read it in two days because I didn't want to travel with this. Like this is a heavy book and I finished it in like, I don't know, like 36 hours. <laughs> it was like a very short amount of time that I finished it. And it was amazing. Literally everything I needed and more. And it was just so perfect. And so I was already on a high from that. And then I had forgotten that I had entered a giveaway from my favorite author until uh, my phone lit up and I had a DM from her saying that I had won her giveaway. So Katie and I road tripped to get this one book from her. The author is Penelope Douglas. We had a road trip to get that. And I thought, like, this will be the last book that I have to collect of hers. Like, that's really hard to find. But I didn't have two of her standalones. And I was like, at some point, I'll get around to collecting those. But I just never did. And then I won two free signed paperbacks. So I got the two that I was missing. So now I have her full collection. So when I got home, like, these had came while I was gone. And I told my mom, I was like, don't touch these. I need to open these. And I just assumed when I got them, like I have like some of them, I have two other books that are signed by her, but they don't have anything. Like they were in um, like a book box, like a subscription box. It was like a special one of those. So I just assumed like it would be signed like that. I just assumed it would be like that. No, I opened these up and they're literally personalized. They have my name and like a little message that has to do with like each of the books. <gasps> I screamed. I was so excited last night. I was already like a little off my rocker because of traveling yeah. <laughs> all day. And then when I saw that, I like almost started crying. So mm-hmm. that it has just been a great week or it's just been like a great couple of weeks for books All I did on vacation was read. I read eight books while I was gone and it was just like the best. Yeah. I just read book after book and that's all that I wanted. And it's just been a good time in the book, in my little book world. Reading (laughs) in the sunshine, nice little refresh. You came back to like this amazing surprise. I will say I was not prepared because you were like, I'm not going to be available. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, she'll be available for me, you know? I was like, she's just saying that. She was not available, y'all. She 
you would have thought that I was blocked because I was like promoting my film. And Michaela's always like the first person to be like, yes, bitch, like hyping me up. And I'm like, where the fuck is she? This whore really is putting a book before me. I, she did tell me she, I had no room to be upset because she did warn me. She did say, and I was like, wow, she was serious about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like sending you a bunch of TikToks, dead silence. Also, you and my sister at the same time, Aaron and I communicate exclusively through TikTok because we have this shared <laughs> up, upbringing that makes our bond. And, you know, just like the memes that really resonate with me resonate with her on like a deeper yeah. level just because of the way we grew up. I sent her, no lie, like 12, no response. And I genuinely got worried. And I texted her. I'm like, are you good? Like, where the fuck are you? I never text her. <laughs> we don't, like, we don't, we don't really talk that much except over TikTok. And she's like, yeah, I just was driving home to see mom and dad. And then we were, like, catching up. And I was like, oh. So just all at once, everyone just went radio <laughs> silent on Katie. They really did. I It was... I mean, geez, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, don't say I didn't warn you. I warned yeah, yeah. everyone. I was like, I am not going to be touching my phone. I told one of my one of our friends, too, I always, like, video Snapchat her throughout the day. And I was like, don't try it. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll send a snap just to keep our streak because we're almost at a year. But I was like, otherwise, don't bother me. I was <laughs> exclusively only talking to my friend who was also reading Court of Silver Flames, we were like the only two. I'm like, I am not communicating with anyone else right now. It was a great time. Anytime she releases a book, it's going to have to be like that. It's going to have to be like radio. And also because they're fucking huge. They're like almost 800 pages. So it just takes time. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I definitely am back online, everyone. Katie's Katie's like the only one who cares that I like stopped (laughs) communicating. Everyone else was just like, it is what it is. Well, it was just the timing of it. Like, I don't know. Every time I get really nervous when I'm promoting something too, because, and especially with this, like there's a lot of pressure for my work to result in garnering of funds for this organization. And so I'm like... Mom, you know, like the people who normally ride or die for me, like I need these people right now, like mom, dad, Michaela, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I let you down. No, it's okay. It's okay. Good thing is she doesn't have another book coming out till 2022. So we're fine. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, you're good. You deserved (sighs) that time. And I'm glad that you had your little sunshine moment in Florida and got to mm-hmm. do your fave thing, which is read. We're just kind of having a general short episode. Guys, this is going to be like a very quick turnaround. I'm editing this episode today, like after we're done filming because or recording. Sorry. Busy times. But yeah, we're just talking about women in the film and television industry. Women have been involved in filmmaking since it began, and they haven't really gotten the recognition that they deserve. Obviously, that's kind of like the going narrative with women. And like they carried the drive for a lot of film, like films on their back with like the sex appeal and everything. But also Mm -hmm. there's something about women that I think is intriguing to people. And it's like this calming presence Sometimes a woman, I'm talking about like the actress side of things, like will balance out the machismo of 
films and like back in the day when it was like film noir and like black and white and kind of these like dark crispier or like westerns or whatever the female presence in a film if you don't have that it's too much of like manly men shooting and a lot of the times women will which I'm not saying this is a good thing but will act as like the softening or the thing that changes the male protagonist and like grounds him and brings him back to earth and like centers him when he's on this like quest or crazy testosterone fueled killing spree mm-hmm. <laughs> um which again i'm not saying like is a good thing women are often like put in these stereotypical um repetitive roles you just can't have film or television without women like and you can obviously say the same about men but like he said there's just something that women add to films that is almost like intangible at times where they just make everything better i mean i don't really know how to say it any differently and i think over even like within i'd say the past like five years there have been more complex roles for women because women have always kind of been like the girlfriend the wife the side character and like the emotional support for men and just now recently we've moved into finally like we're seeing like women's superhero movies and more like female dominated stories um i mean still not as much as we should and then obviously we are definitely still missing like inclusivity for um people of color as well in those roles but at least like there are steps of progress being made so we kind of talk about the we want to talk about the women who are doing that in the industry and who are kind of like standouts for katie and i like whether they be our favorites whether they're trailblazers and like opening doors for a lot of women we just want to be able to talk about it we wanted to just kind of have like katie said like a chill quicker episode just Mm -hmm. highlighting some of the women right now in the industry who are just doing things that are very necessary and are progressing the film and television industry you know we're talking about on and off screen too Mm -hmm. you know there's like we've talked about how bombshell was a film about like women and the struggle with like sexual harassment and everything but it was made completely by men did it make progress did it start a conversation about something really important that we need to be talking about yeah was it representation for white women yeah but it was a story about women told by men. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes this thing that is kind of a buzzword um, now, but the male gaze and like how things created by men and art created by men is normally depicted in the way that men view the world, which is not the way yeah. that women view the world. Yeah. And when you're telling a story about the female experience and not just like the female experience, but like the negative female experience of sexual harassment, which a lot of women unfortunately deal with. You're a man talking about it, which I'm not saying men don't experience sexual harassment, but it's a true, based on a true story about women Mm -hmm. experiencing sexual harassment in the workplace. Men shouldn't be telling that story, like Mm -hmm. straight up. There are certain stories that like the male perspective isn't going to allow for like the genuine truth or like authenticity, which again, Mm -hmm. another buzzword, but like, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. There's a statistic that the film school graduation rate is 50, 50 men and women, but 96% of the highest grossing films are made by men and only 4% Mm -hmm. are made by women that like, there's no excuse. (laughs) There's no justification for that. And like Michaela said, in recent years, there's been more complex stories and 
female um like dominated stories being told but they're still being told by men that's not okay like we have the exception like Greta Gerwig telling the story of Lady Bird and same with like Little Women and everything but and Patty Jenkins making Wonder Woman and everything but there's still a lot of stories focused on women that are being told by men it needs the set and like the crew needs to reflect the content on screen. That just reminded me of that interview with Ellen Pompeo. And who else is she sitting with? She's sitting with a few other actresses. I'm thinking like Gina Rodriguez was there and a couple of others. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. When she was like, the people in this room don't reflect the world that I see outside. She's like, it's great that we're sitting here talking about women. But she's like, I walked in and I didn't see enough people of color and I didn't see enough women and saying like on screen she's like this is great you know we have I think it was like four actresses were there she's like we have these women here but she's like I don't see the real world reflected behind the scenes and I'm like that was a great call out because again like while we're getting that on screen there's still behind the scenes so much more room for women to be involved in so it's very self-serving for these like white male filmmakers to be making a film about say like a a black woman or just women in general like yeah that's the hot thing to do right now is to like uplift women and tell tell women's stories but like no that's not your story to tell at the end of the day and like again same with white women like it's on us once we get into the room we need to bring our sisters of color along with us like it can't stop with oh like good we have women on set now that's not enough like we have to use our voices as all women not just white women do you have like women that first kind of drew you into film I mean they're kind of obvious I think or not they might not be obvious but I think to like Katie or like anyone who listens to the podcast um it's gonna be Jennifer Lawrence and Shailene Woodley for me Mm -hmm. but they were two of those kind of stars that were around right about our age like they were kind of targeted at our age group yeah like they were two of the first actresses that I remember watching And then wanting to know more about them, like, personally, and then becoming invested in them as people as well as their film and television that they did. Pretty Little Liars, Troy and Belisario, who plays Spencer as well. She's another one that I remember watching her. And there was just something about her. I mean, obviously, her character is the best. No Mm -hmm. arguments, people. Spencer's hands down the best on that show. But there was just something about the way that she played that character that, again, just, like, drew me into her. I don't know why there are certain actresses that just, like, have that thing for me that I kind of click on to. That even now, like, Zendaya is right there with me. There are just certain people like that that I get drawn into. And I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, obviously, I'll talk about Jennifer Lawrence and Shailene Woodley here in a little bit. But, like, they were the first two that I remember being invested in like beyond their projects and that was like at a younger age that was like I don't know when I was a teenager probably like 15 or 16 that now obviously they're still that for me but I just like added more to the list (laughs) yeah it might just be because I'm a a woman but I know that feeling that you're describing it's like that gravitational pull that some women some actresses have that it's like indescribable a little bit and I don't know I've never experienced that with like actors And Mm -hmm. I don't know if, like, certain film viewers experience that, but whatever. One of my first on-screen loves was Lindsay Lohan. I've talked about it before, but I remember she was kind of the first for me, like, at a very young age, really just loving her movies and wanting to see more. I couldn't get enough. I loved The Parent Trap, Freaky Friday, 
Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, like all that shit. I ate it up. Amanda Bynes was like my com- my first like comedic draw. Like I was like, women are hilarious. You know, she was the first person that really made me laugh out loud and made me understand comedy. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what this is like. I don't know. I just felt like her comedic tone resonated with me on the Amanda show. And same with like her movies after that, Sydney White and She's the Man and all that. <sighs> Sydney <laughs> they were, White. They were great. Like that they was were. the first stuff that I was like, this is funny. This is fucking yeah. hilarious. And then Emma Watson too was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. First kind of like franchise heroine that I fell in love with and kind of wanted to be and like aspired towards, you know, I think every mm-hmm. young person has that. Like for some guys it's, spider-man or whatever it's like the first person that's like they are the sickest coolest person ever this is a really weird one but i loved anna sophia rob back in the day from i forgot about that you did when i saw her in bridge to terabithia i was like this bitch is going to the top and honestly like ever since soul surfer her career is kind of plateaued a little bit which is unfortunate Uh she was in the act she was like a supporting character in the act everything she's in she's great so i don't really know why she hasn't had this like i don't know i'm hoping in her middle age years she kind of like comes out with a meryl streep type gravitas but i've always liked her i don't know what it is yeah i i think soul surfer is a great fucking movie I just really thought that she was going places back in the day. And I still think there's a chance. You know, you never know. I completely forgot about your obsession with Anna Sophia Ross. Right? Isn't that so funny? Uh. Actually, I didn't even think like that far back. But you're totally right. Like Amanda Bynes, she was huge for us back in the day. And this is like a random one too, but Evangeline Lilly on Lost. I mean, a little like sus now, but at the time, (laughs) Lost was like my everything. And I I was like so infatuated with her and yeah. her character on Lost that I had I think I had a lot of those from the very beginning of being like just dug in on a certain mm-hmm. person and like I'm still that way now if I watch something and I like someone I watch all their movies or all their TV show or like anything that they're in I want to watch I watch interviews on them I look a podcast yeah. that they're on like literally there are just certain people like that that have that. And Katie, I agree. It happens more so with women. There are very few men that I have that same level with. I think I can think of three that mm-hmm. like I have had that with, but it doesn't really happen often. Like the three that I have, they're three that I've been like obsessed with for years. They're mm-hmm. not like newer people where I add, I feel like women to that list all the time mm-hmm. where I'm kind of like men. No. My three golden boys are hearing good, and I'm fine with that. Okay, so these are, like, actresses that I love watching now that I feel that same, like, pull that I felt when I was young watching Lindsay Lohan and Emma Watson. (laughs) Saoirse Ronan, obviously. Easy. We don't even have to go into it. I haven't seen that uh, lesbian one with her and Kate Winslet yet. I don't know if I want to watch that. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they did that. Kate Winslet was on my honorable mention list because she has been in the game she for really a has. long time. And she has done a lot of different roles, like, on and off the screen. And Kate Winslet's a badass. I think, she like, is. people only think of her as Titanic, which, I mean, granted, that's her biggest role. But she has really created an insane career and managed to always 
kind of have steady work. I mean, I already just mentioned these two, so I'll jump into the first one. I mean, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know Jennifer Lawrence. She is, like, my favorite actress of all time. Yes, it's cliche, but also it's, like, she's not there for no reason, okay? I think she's popular because a lot of people like her. Like, she's popular for a reason. It's because she can do, like, everything that she touches is gold pretty much even like mm-hmm. shitty movies like passengers i enjoy because of her even yeah. against chris pratt too which i'm like she just had a lot to overcome in that movie and i feel like <laughs> you know she really did it for me <laughs> even she in that she had a lot to overcome <laughs> That is so true. She just, right from the beginning, I think it started with her, like, indie roots that kept her from being pigeonholed after the Hunger Games and the fact that she struck up that partnership with David O. Russell and she was able to make four or three films with him after that and have every single one that she was in be nominated. One of them she won for, I think Joy, actually, she won a Golden Globe for, too. But she was, like, very young doing all of that. She was a young actress taking on very mature roles. I mean, Katniss obviously was, like, a YA but Tiffany in Silver Linings Playbook was originally supposed to be much older and it wasn't until she auditioned that David O. Russell was like, I literally can't see the character as anyone but her. She handled that character so well for being so young Mm -hmm. that it just, she had such a maturity to her acting that I think a lot of actresses do have to have because of always getting casted older that you kind of can't, you can't not have it or else you're going to be missing out on a lot of things. And I just think like she can do everything. I do want to see her in a comedy, but I think Don't Look Up is maybe supposed to be a little comedic. I'm not really sure. They just finished wrapping that and I'm ready for her reemergence. Me too. Um, I miss her. And again, she she pretty much dominated like the 2010s. Like what we've talked about before that while I don't think it's actors responsibilities, responsibility to be outspoken about issues, I do think they should because mm-hmm. they have a platform and she has definitely used hers to really highlight like the gender pay gap in Hollywood and feminism and behind the Me Too movement. She was a big supporter of that, as was a lot of women in Hollywood. And to know she has like her own political organization just to inform young voters. And I think like overall, she's kind of like the whole package for me on screen and off. And she kind of has that old Hollywood mindset of not getting caught up in like press and like constantly promoting yourself and being like influencer ish. Yeah. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but she keeps her private life pretty private and like she's not on social media, which I mean, no shade to people who are on social media that are actresses and actors. I mean, obviously it helps boost your image, but it just feels very like old Hollywood to me. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Her and Zendaya kind of have the same vibe of like, you can just tell that they, they want solely just to get better at the craft of acting. Mm-hmm. They're constantly, that's their focus. It's just, yeah. how can I be a better creator? They want to learn more. Like, how can I I, th- I see producing and directing in both of their futures. And isn't Jennifer Lawrence already producing? So, like, yep. and Zendaya's already basically directing and pr- she produced uh, Malcolm Emery. So, I'm stupid. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, what you said about watching interviews of people that you really like. Jennifer Lawrence interviews and, like, compilations are huge on YouTube and the internet. Like, you're not alone in that. She is so beloved, just her personality, like, outside 
a film and that's such a Mm -hmm. stellar combination for Hollywood and Hollywood women in particular I think when you have the off-screen personality and then this amazing talent on screen it's like this incredible combination of getting asses in seats basically like yeah you want to see this person that feels like your friend doing their thing that they're really good at it's like you you going to watch your friend in those high school drama play or whatever she's just authentic in that because there would be no way that she could like keep up that shtick for this long and that she's just naturally funny yeah and naturally charming and that's something that you can't teach people no that you can just tell that she innately has it and she like you said with sunday like they treat it as a job Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I don't know, I just, I kind of like that when she's like, I just want to show up, do my job and like go home and live my life. It just happens that my job is in the public eye. And there's just something about that that I'm leaning more towards so now than ever. Cause I think I'm just kind of over like social media in general a bit <laughs> right now. That it's just kind of nice. Zendaya, obviously, I kind of already talked about Lupita. I can't wait to see her in more stuff. Margot Robbie. Again, someone who can do it all. (laughs) Right. Like superhero, comedy, drama. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like one of those people where if she's in something, I want to see it. Um, Well, I also, I had Lupita later on in my list. So again, I'll just echo that. Um, Zendaya as well. I think like. Come on, Katie and I have talked about her enough, so we don't really need to get into it. But she's doing it all, and she is also making room for people to tell their own stories, whether it be people of color or different sexualities. Like, she is just one of those people that you know is going to make room for other people when she's in. And she can, like, she can do literally anything. I think no matter what she tries, she could do. Like, she can dance, she can sing, she can act, she can design, she can model. Like, I I don't think that there's anything that she can't do. Yeah. Did you see that people are saying that she, like, came out or whatever? Because of that interview question that she changed? Yeah. I think people need to be careful about that. Like... Not so everything is somebody coming out. I think with the JoJo Siwa thing, people are lucky that that was her coming out. Yeah. She could have just liked the song, but I don't know. I don't think it's fair to be like, she just came out. She could just try to be, she could just be trying to be like, let's More inclusive. ask, yeah, like let's ask people what they look for in a partner or like people. Yeah. Let's not assume every woman is looking for characteristics in a man. I was thinking the same exact thing. Because I was thinking back to my um, my gendered communication class in college and my professor, she always referred to her boyfriend as her partner. And she kind of addressed that early on in the class. She's like, I'm a cis woman. But she was like, I call my... Or she's like, I'm a cis straight woman, but I call my boyfriend my partner. Because she's like, I want to make that more common for people to hear. So that way when other people in the LGBTQ community refer to their significant other as their partner, like it's not as shocking. She's like, it's just a small thing just to do to just like help make it a little bit less odd for other people to hear. I don't know. So I thought the same thing. I'm like, maybe she's doing that to again, just push for more inclusivity and less like standard norms so yeah. I'm like, unless if she says something specific and very like, yeah. this is what it is. And it's also just, I'm like, people leave it alone. Yeah. I think it's hard because the gay community is like, we never had any representation. So we just like 
want more and more people, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I get that, but it's personal. It's a personal thing. You can't be like, she just came out, you know, it's like, that's no. My other one, which as I said earlier, is Shailene Woodley and Shailene Woodley now engaged to Aaron Rodgers. I did not give a fuck about Aaron Rodgers, but what I do care about is that Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers. Katie lives in Green Bay. If Shailene Woodley comes to Green Bay next season, we're on the hunt. <laughs> okay, Shailene, please come on the pod. Please. Oh, honey. You would be my dream guest. Um. Anyways, again, she can do it all. She started in the Indie Roots, but then she was on fucking Secret Life of the American Teenager. She made her way out of that dumpster fire and into stardom. Um, again, she was like a big YA heroine at the start. I mean, obviously Divergent ended up flopping, but she did her best. There was nothing else that she could have done to try to make those movies good. So it's kind of like a Dakota Johnson in Fifty Shades thing. It's like Dakota Johnson is not a bad actress. She was just given bad material. Right. Shailene. You deserve better. Veronica Roth, you deserve better. And again, she's just been in the game for a long time. And I think she too sees this as a job. And she knows that like Hollywood is not the end all be all of the world. And she does just as much activism as she does on screen or as she does acting jobs. She literally got arrested. Like she went to Mm -hmm. the mat for (laughs) her activism and... She's just a very inspiring person. I think she's someone who, for me, like, that I looked at and I was like, oh, this is how you can, like, really be an ally to different causes and different groups of people and how you do it in a way that you need to, like, show up and also talk the talk but then also walk the walk. and. I just appreciate her. I just think she seems like a real ass person. Like, I think if you were to ever run into her in person, like, I feel like she would just be nice. You know, there are just certain people that she just has that energy. I just, I love her. She uses her image in the spotlight for good rather than just for like pushing herself and branding herself forward. And also, too, she's really not shy about women's sexuality and has been very open about, like, being naked on camera and how she's, like, that's... If it's her decision, she's, like, I don't get why people have a problem with it. She's, Mm -hmm. like, it's my body and if I want to show it off to make it authentic to the scene, then I'm going to do that. She's, like, I don't know sex with clothes on, so why would I do that on screen? Right. I'm kind of, like, you're right. There is, like, this balance of women being, like, women being overly sexualized on screen, especially in, like, sex scenes, and she's very open about being like if it makes sense to the story i'm gonna do it and it's my choice if i want to or not yeah jennifer lawrence had like a hot take on that too and it's like we're Mm -hmm. in this new age you know like all the streaming services kind of have this like lax they have an opportunity to be showing more and doing more risque in quotes thing with um like sexuality and so for so long women in just everyday life but also in Hollywood have had to maintain this like balance of promiscuity to a certain point and then like not giving too much away and like mm-hmm. I think Mikhail and I have mentioned that we just got finished reading Evelyn Hugo for our book club and that just like talked so much about and gave so much insight it's a fictional story but it's very like truthful about Hollywood I think and how like women have to kind of toe this very very fine line of sexuality and like how much do you give away don't give away too much whatever and we're in this new age of Hollywood and the film and television industry where it's like women can choose their own narrative as long as it's their choice who gives a fuck I love how I'm talking about this and I'm literally like what what is this look (laughs) 
that I'm giving right now. I'm. It's serving, called comfort. I'm serving very uh, Kermit the Frog right now. <laughs> like, if it's you guys are look. watching, kudos to you if you are taking me at all seriously. At least you're not laying down. <laughs> Like in Fifty Shades. Oh my god, I'm pretty sure I was wearing this exact same sweatshirt. I just like Emma Stone. I just watched La La Land the other mm. last weekend or something. Jack and I are doing this like date night recently where we each like choose a movie and the other one can't say anything about it. So my choice was La La Land because he'd never seen that before. And then we had to watch 1917. Guys, I've officially watched 1917 and it was a little bit taxing on me, but Jack was very sweet and we like paused multiple times for a little check-in, a little uh, regroup and debrief. So it was good. I'm glad that I've finally seen it. It's very well done. Anyways, um, Emma Stone. I love yeah. La La Land. She won Best Actress for that performance. And I think well-deserved. I cried. I cry every time I watch La La Land. And then Viola Davis, obviously. Come on. Yes. I love Viola Davis. Um, Yeah. There's like a three. It's going to sound weird. Like a threesome that she is a part of that I want to talk about when we talk about Shonda because I already knew you were gonna have Shonda you love Shonda on your list don't you yeah yeah <laughs> when Here, we talk about Shonda <laughs> because you know we're gonna have to yeah I'll then just do my quick mentions of people that I don't want to go that I don't really need to go in depth on but people that really stand out women I mean I had Lupita on my list uh Meryl Streep I mean come on she's done so much for women in the industry Sandra Oh um get out of here Get out of here, it. Sandra. We it. love you. Oh my uh, God. Patty Jenkins. We already talked about her. Um, okay. Is it Ava DuVernay? That's how you say her name, right? DuVernay? I don't know. Director of Selma and the 13th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, When yeah, They yeah. See Us. Um, again, just making space for more people of color, like actors of color and oh, yeah. telling those stories. Selma. Get out. Stop. Um, and then lastly, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Um, they really turn. Yes. They really turned their SNL fame into two insanely successful TV shows for either of them. And then now, then they did Sisters and they're still like producing. Amy Poehler uh, did Broad City or helped like Broad City get on, get on its feet. I mean, get out. They're both just incredible. And so funny. Yeah. <sighs> Tina Fey produced the Mean Girls musical, which is just oh, yeah. super successful. I read Tina Fey's book a couple years ago and I was just like, I love you. She's again, one of those people that... That she just like has that thing for me where yeah. I just want to watch anything that she's a part of. I have to pee really bad. Okay. Do you want to go pee? Yeah. We'll just keep okay. recording. I'll be fast. Oh, so Katie's running to the bathroom. Um, Other book thing that I forgot to mention, and I'm going to mention it now because we're going to be covering the show on the pod in April, is Shadow and Bones trailer on Netflix just came out. Uh, just like yesterday or the day before when we are currently recording this. And oh my God, when I tell you I screamed, this show is going to be incredible. And I really hope, Katie, you're in the bathroom right now, so you don't know this, but Katie, I really hope that you love it. If you don't, I'm going to be sad. But it just, seeing some of this book stuff on screen is just so much cool. I don't know what I pictured for the shadow fold, but what I saw in the trailer is way scarier and I cannot wait. Yes, it, it was a YA book series or book franchise basically being turned into an adult 
adult. I think it's being branded as like an adult series. Um, I don't care. I want the darker themes and I think it's going to be incredible to see Kaz Brecker on screen in the darkling. I'm literally going to scream. I'm going to scream. Kaz Brecker could call me an investment any day of the week and I would be proud. It's going to be awesome. I feel like when people think of old Hollywood, they think of women. Again, I don't know if that's an accurate thing for me to say because I'm a woman. Women in early Hollywood shaped the image of Hollywood, if that makes sense. And this like Mm -hmm. glamorous, kind of somewhat untouchable, like what Andrew and Meredith were talking about when we had them on the pod a couple episodes ago. It's fun to be a part of this industry because it feels glamorous and like elevated and special and I think women created that image and have maintained it. And Mm -hmm. I think Marilyn Monroe is obviously one of the people who people kind of think of when they think of old Hollywood. And I don't think a lot of people have actually seen her movies, but you should. They know who she is. Yeah, they know who she is. And if you get a chance, like you should go watch them because it's really interesting. You know, she didn't have these like any monumental stellar roles, but in today's standards, but back then it was like kind of a big deal, the stuff that she was doing, but it, not even really. She was often a side character, but people loved her just with these little roles that really didn't do a whole lot, like except serve the male character. She's remembered way more than her male co-stars. Part of that is like the off-screen persona that she delivered. And so, I don't know. I just am very intrigued by her. Judy Garland, y'all know I fucking love. <laughs> ah! um, Audrey Hepburn, Grace Kelly, Julie Andrews. I mean, I think she'd be a little Stop. bit, she'd be offended if I lumped her into old Hollywood because she is very relevant and more present than these other women that I'm talking about. But like, come on, bitch. She is Maria from fucking Sound of Music. She is Mary motherfucking Poppins. She is Queen Clarice. Rinaldi. <laughs> and now the voice of Lady Whistledown. Oh yeah, dude. I forgot about that. I love her. Elizabeth Taylor. Get out. Mm-hmm. Fashion icon. I just had to give an ode to the sisters of the past. Obviously, not many women of color unfortunate not okay moving forward let's do better as you were talking about them i also forgot i didn't include because i wasn't thinking like of the past but you're totally right carrie fisher too i want to throw in there princess leia i mean what she did and also to just being very open about the struggles that she had she was just like a very real woman because as you said hollywood is very glamorous and it was often like these women's images were very carefully crafted to be these like perfect idealistic women that men wanted and carrie fisher was like "Mm, nope (laughs) yeah And I loved and appreciated that. R.I.P. You were such a legend. Forever and ever. Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. Because I just have one director. So should we do those and the creators last? Because I feel like we're going to have a long discussion. Or longer about Shonda. Yeah. So obviously, guys, Greta. I've talked about this woman too many times. But also not enough. I love her. She is my muse. My everything. My my rock. My guiding, shining star in this tumultuous life of mine every creative person kind of has that other creative person that they're just like that is who I want to be when I grow up Mm -hmm. and you all know that Greta is that person for me and it's a little cliche at this point I think but I don't give a fuck she's done a lot for me as a creator and just feeling like seen on screen and the films that she's made just really do pull at my heartstrings and 
I feel very represented by her. It's hard for me to put into words what it is about her because just nothing is enough. Um, I've listened to like every single podcast, talk show, whatever that she's been on. And I just try to absorb everything she says because like everything that comes out of her mouth, I'm just like, you are a genius in a normal person's body. So you bring up Greta whenever you damn well, please. (laughs) It's what you want and need. (laughs) (laughs) I only had one director that I kind of wanted to go in depth on and she's not necessarily someone that like her public profile is someone that I necessarily care about but I just think like her achievements as a female director are insane and that is Jennifer Lee if you don't know who that is she is what I wanted to get her title right she is the chief creative officer at Walt Disney Animation Studios and she uh co-wrote and co-directed Frozen and Frozen 2. Hell yeah bitch. And like a bunch like Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6, like any Zootopia, like any recent Disney animated movie she has had a hand in somehow some way but Frozen was like her project and the fact that she I don't even I feel bad saying this is that like Disney trusted her with this because obviously she's a very competent person but like Frozen was insane the success that Frozen has had for Disney is absolutely monumental it is something that has not happened for them and I don't even know how long because yes now they have Star Wars and now they have Marvel but those were not their projects Mm -hmm. and if you're thinking like they had the disney renaissance where it was like beauty and the beast little mermaid you know like they had these movies coming out that were big for them but for frozen i get like i don't want to even sound like a disney freak here but the amount of success that frozen has brought to disney that they changed rides for it Mm -hmm. they have like in the parks pre-covid they had like a frozen sing-along Anna and Elsa were literally everywhere. Olaf was literally everywhere. Their soundtracks make it onto radio. Frozen success is just insane. And the fact that a woman helmed that ship, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the first female director to direct a film that grossed over a billion dollars at the box office. Snaps and claps, Jennifer. Yeah, I just think she's an overall genius. I mean, like everything that Disney pumps out is, is successful, but every single thing that she has had her hand in has been very successful or in the case of frozen one and two insanely successful so i just think she's awesome and to be holding that high of a position at disney is crazy because yes disney's like we like diversity but it's like "Mm, do you actually so for a woman to be having holding such a powerful position especially for their animation studios which has been consistently one of their most successful uh, ventures of the Walt Disney Company. Go Jennifer. So go Jen. You know that TikTok that's like, what feels gay and homophobic at the same time? Yeah, I think Disney for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like that is the first thing like, that comes to mind like... every fucking time I see that yeah. TikTok. I'm like Disney. Oh shit, that's Whatever. actually kind of funny. That's actually kind of true. Yeah, they have leaps and bounds to go. I mean, they're getting better, but. This is kind of stupid, but Beyonce and Billie Eilish are out here directing their own shit and just those two creators in general, like Mm -hmm. who else could direct a Beyonce visual album? No one. No one. Just Beyonce. Black is king. Get the fuck out. Lemonade. Get the fuck out. Um, Same with Billie Eilish. Like this child that is, has this insane like savant like vision her songs are so personal like her and her brother are making these songs no one else should be directing a Billie Eilish music video other than Billie Eilish except for her period 
I feel like we can't do a women in the industry episode without talking about Shonda motherfucking rhymes, everyone. If you you already know, I mean, Katie and I were big Shonda people. Again, I think Katie, I don't want to speak for you, but she's someone too that like along with Greta that you look at and you're like, that's the kind of thing that I want to be doing. Right. She was like pre-Greta before Lady Bird and all that. Shonda was like my idol and what I wanted to be. And this was also pre-Grey's Anatomy. Just fucking shit hitting the fan. But it's not even in her hands. It's so not knowing that hands. makes me feel a lot better. It's yeah. that Shonda isn't the one running this tank into the ground. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's someone else. I think when you have three shows in primetime spots on ABC on a Thursday on network television and that they brand it as TGIT because of your three shows in that slot. I mean, there are no words. And then the the fact that two of those shows are starring women of color again, Mm -hmm. get out of here. Scandal is my personal fave. Um, Carrie Washington and Tony Goldwyn get out of here. You too, Olivia and Fitz forever. But Grey's Anatomy is a tried and true fave, except like tried and true fave up until basically Sandra O leaves. Then Mm -hmm. Sandra, you took the good luck with the show with you and creating Shondaland. Mm -hmm. And now her Netflix deal. I mean, now with Bridgerton, how she's not like directly involved with that, but it's under her production company. I mean, every, again, she's one of those people that everything she touches, it's gold. Yeah. And I would just say, even though she's not the writer of Bridgerton, she, obviously like read the script and was like producing that because it has the same storytelling qualities as Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. Like she's insane. What she can do. And how she has all those stories running in her head at once. Mm -hmm. Like to have those three shows going. Yeah. And then also I think she got casting right for these shows too. I mean, Viola Davis, Carrie Washington, and Ellen Pompeo to helm these three shows. I mean, if you didn't get those three characters right, the shows would have crashed. I mean, mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy, maybe not so much because it is like a very ensemble driven show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could kind of say the same for Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, but I mean... Carrie Washington and Viola Davis are like the heart of those two shows Mm -hmm. where Meredith Grey, I don't think was always necessarily, she was always at the center, but I don't necessarily think she was always at everyone watching it center. Right. That makes sense. The other two creators that I just wanted to shout out are Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer with Broad City. Again, Mm -hmm. like we, if you go back in Katie history, right, we have the Amanda Bynes discovery as like Katie's discovery of comedy, that in combination with the Grinch, obviously that's like where my comedy uh, was born and Santana Lopez. Okay. So that's like the history. And then up until recently, um, Jack and I were like trying to find a show to watch and we started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which people love that show. And I'm just like eye roll like i don't mm. funny dudes no like th- let's just know it's 2020 bitch 2021 at the time it was 2020 but now it's 2021 and i just i could not be bothered mm. i don't care to see your homophobic jokes your racist jokes your transphobic jokes from the early 2000s no thank you i'm fine no nope. i want female comedy women comedy in inner city new york 
Broad City. Broad City, bitch. Broad City. I love Broad City. I love Alana. I mean, I love Abby too, but just Alana kills me every single time. The last kind of creator that I want to talk about, I lumped her in with creator, even though she is obviously an actress, producer, everything, but she kind of is one of the actresses in the industry that saw that there are not roles for older women and was like, I'm going to change that. And that is Reese Witherspoon. She has really made a career from her acting career to then turning into creating her own production company, buying up these books, book rights to get these movies made. And she she's really done a lot. Um, Gone Girl, I think, I want to say Gone Girl was one of her first projects that she brought up. And she originally wanted to play um, Amy Dunn, but obviously Rosamund Pike fit that better. And I, Reese, I love you. I don't think you could have done that role as well as Rosamund Pike. She was tired of like seeing women always be side characters or always being cast as someone's mother growing up. So, or mother as she got older. So then she started adapting books, which I mean, a lot of the books that she has adapted obviously are very like female dominated targeted books and she was very smart in doing that because then women love these books and women want to see these on screen and she's handled all the adaptations that she's done I think very well I haven't read The Wild but she did that movie, Big Little Eyes, Gone Girl, Little Fires Everywhere. Again, I haven't read or seen that, but she's out here just doing all of these adaptations back to back to back and go her. And again, every single story that she picks is very female-focused and female-centered, which I really love. Obviously, she needs to improve on her diversity in queer stories getting adapted and more women of color. I mean, Little Fires Everywhere had Carrie Washington in it. But I'm trying, like, otherwise everything else has pretty much been, like, white women. So, again, like, she's creating room for white women, but she needs to create room for people of color as well and queer women. Mm -hmm. But she is just, like, a really great businesswoman as well as an actress, and I respect her hustle. Yeah, me too. I didn't even think Like, Reese's book club. She she covers like every facet that she can. She's constantly marketing herself. She she really is like a businesswoman. Yeah, and I respect it. Mm -hmm. And where's Legally Blonde three, Reese? You've been teasing that for a while. I know. I was just thinking from Legally Blonde to where she is now. It's quite the journey. But I love that story. You know, like. Mm You know, just looking at little Hermione to where Emma Watson is now kind of like retiring from the film industry and just completely being this badass activist. Like she kind of I mean, I'm not she didn't start the like actors turned activist thing, but like modern day, she was kind of the first one to be like, fuck acting. I'm gonna go get my degree and I'm gonna show these motherfuckers what I know and mm-hmm. be a fucking UN representative or whatever. We are coming up on 11.30. I did not think that this was going to be as long of an episode, but here we are. What can I say? We just love talking about women. We should have known. And we're going to have a good women-filled month coming up, so. Stick the fuck around. Next week, we're talking about Moxie, the new film produced by Amy Poehler, right? And she's also in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's the new Netflix original film about a uh, high school bracket that pits women young women against each other and rates them which Michaela and I have a personal experience with because Uh if you listen to our episode about the cheetahs two with Miss Delaney Jones we did mention that a little bit and how the boys at our high school 
weren't shit still ain't shit besides jack obviously love you babe um he did not partake in the debauchery that was the bracket also yeah the fact that that even happened in march like fucking women's month basically the boys at our high school did a bracket every march for march madness or whatever but it was like ranking the girls at our school so we're gonna talk about that and mm-hmm. combination with talking about moxie the film my birthday get ready for that get ready for promising young women we're gonna be talking about um we're hopefully gonna have kyra on to talk about our film that we made together so it's just gonna be a great month celebrating women of all shapes sizes ethnicities religions sexualities baby get fucking ready um let's go yes but anyways if you are listening on apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe leave us a five star rating and review we got to combat that one star rating that we got people push them down with the five stars um if you're listening on spotify make sure that you follow us that way we pop up on your homepage and make sure that you are downloading our episodes every single week and then if you are watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe and hit the notification bell. Also like, leave a comment. We'd love to chat. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, all of our personal info is going to be in the bio and linked in the bio below for anything else. Yeah. Please buy or rent Know About Us, the KLJ Movement film. Please. It would mean the absolute world to me. All the money goes to the organization and it's such a great cause all right everyone we will see you all next week for moxie lilas lilas <laughs>